You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast raising the bar at workplaces everywhere. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective are their own and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, Teresa McQueen. Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today, we are talking with Quaylen Ellingrud of McKinsey & Company about Gen Z and their place in the working world. Quaylen is the co-author of a recent article based on McKinsey's ongoing American Opportunity Survey Project, which in this iteration looks at our newest generation to enter the workplace and how they and other generations view themselves, their ability to work effectively, and their futures. It's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Workplace Perspective has a new website. Visit us at www.workplaceperspective.com. Check out our new look, including our featured guests and archive sections. Share us with your friends and colleagues to help us continue to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Welcome back to our listeners and welcome to Workplace Perspective, Quaylen Ellingrud. Thank you, Teresa. Wonderful to be here. Quaylen, before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners a bit about you and what you do? Wonderful. I am... uh a senior partner at McKinsey, and I'm a director at the McKinsey Global Institute and have been a co-author on the American Opportunity Survey on perspectives across gender, income, race, age, geography, on economic opportunity in the United States and perception of that economic opportunity. Well, we are super excited to have you on the show. We always love having McKinsey on. There's always so many interesting things to talk about. And it's been a long time since we discussed uh, generational issues on this show, and I'm super excited to hear about the survey, uh, what you've discovered about Gen Z workers and their outlook on the working world. I've looked at the survey, and I find it absolutely fascinating. So why don't we start with some background on the survey? Um, At this point, so why Gen Z? You know, Teresa, this is the first time that we've had four generations working together in the workplace. And what we're seeing is that Gen Z is quite different than other generations. Uh, And we'll talk about some of those insights that we found, but that really jumped out at us as, huh, this merits a bit of a deeper dive to understand how are they experiencing work, how are they experiencing life differently than generations before them. The survey itself uh, was a survey of 25,000 Americans um, last spring, uh, about 2,000 or so Gen Z-specific respondents, so Gen Z being between 18 and 24 years old. Because we are going to talk about, there's several really interesting key points uh, in the survey, and we are going to talk about that. But let's start on First, what, if anything, surprised you most about the survey results? The most surprising thing was there are a lot of challenges that Gen Zers are facing in the workplace, um, yet they are actually more optimistic than the average American. And I just thought that was fascinating to be facing, you know, less stable employment, less financially secure, at a tougher point potentially in their economic life, uh, yet greater optimism. And so that really gave me hope. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting as well, because when I looked overall at the survey, the kind of the key points that it touched on, um, 
that sort of struck me as well. Um, and then the other thing that struck me was, um, as I was kind of reading through it, um, the comparisons to other generations and how how little information we actually have about older generations, because there wasn't much, well, you know, was there much going on survey-wise about older generations? Yeah, you're right, Teresa. We don't have a lot of, you know, longitudinal surveys of what older generations thought, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, so less of a kind of apples to apples comparison point. What we do have through this American Opportunity Survey is both what Gen Z feels compared to other um, segments and generations, but also what Gen Z felt a bit longitudinally, but over you know, the last couple of years uh, only. And actually, since we did the Gen Z deep dive uh, last year, last spring, we did another one in the fall and saw that, you know, across all generations in the workplace, across gender, across income, across age, overall um, optimism fell quite a bit in the fall. And that was due to inflation and a number of other factors. So we've seen some longitudinal um, view of this survey and, and optimism around economic opportunity, or in this case, I think, you know, increasing pessimism. Um, but it's only in the recent past that we've seen some of this data. What do you think contributed to that? You kind of mentioned it a little bit. Yeah, you know, in the fall, as we compare some of the spring results um, to the fall, there was a lot more inflation, primarily on gas prices, food prices. And as you think about lower income workers, that's where just a larger proportion of their income is spent on gas and food. And so, you know, a double digit increase in those prices uh, dramatically affects everything else, right? Also, there was increased spending on transportation, rent, all of these other elements. And while I think one of the market things is that the labor market, right, employment has been high. We've got unemployment at, you know, generally historic lows, and we also have wage increases. Those wage increases haven't typically been enough to compensate for the rising inflation. So people, especially lower income workers on a very real basis, are feeling like their incomes are buying them less, they're stretching more uh, to make ends meet. And already we had about half of Americans in a pretty economically insecure place, right? Not being able to cover two months of living expenses, not being able to have an emergency savings account in case your car breaks down or in case there's some unexpected expenses. And so with inflation, that just puts further pressure uh, on the economic side of things. We also more recently had, you know, savings starting to deplete um, maybe a year, year and a half ago. We had some economic stimulus from federal payments on COVID. I think some of the savings have started to run down. The stimulus has started to sort of wear off or run out. And you combine that with inflation, uh, a war in Ukraine, and it was just a really uh, much more pessimistic environment this fall than we had in previous surveys. So interesting. So interesting. Well, Let's talk about some of the, let's start to talk about some of the key points. So um, what's one of the first key points that stands out for you in the survey? Absolutely. So on Generation Z in particular, so those 18 to 24-year-olds, their employment is just much less stable than other groups in the workplace. Um, they are much more likely, for example, to be working multiple jobs. In fact, a quarter of Gen Z is working multiple jobs. And over half of them are doing independent work, right? Gig work, working for Uber, Lyft. It's just a much more, I think, financially insecure place to be. In fact, 
almost half of them, 45% of Gen Z respondents, told us that they were quite concerned about the stability of their employment. And that was about five percentage points higher than the overall average. So employment is less stable. Related to that, they're less financially secure. And interestingly, when we asked about kind of longer-term milestones, many of the Gen Zers actually doubted that they would ever hit some key economic milestones that especially previous generations had done quite early in their careers. So for example, a quarter of Gen Zers never expect to retire, right? They always think they're going to have to work. Um, And only about 41%, only about two out of five actually think they will own a home um, because of of affordability reasons. So that was a real um, eye-opener for us of, wow, you're working hard, typically multiple jobs, more independent work, you're less financially secure. And as you look ahead economically, you're not sure if you're ever going to own a home, be able to retire, right? These these broader milestones that we typically think of as almost economic rites of passage for earlier generations. What I think is interesting about that, this is sort of where the question of, it'd be interesting to know how other generations felt at that age. Like, the gen, you know, the boomers that went through, I don't know if that's the boomers or not, but the generation that went through, you know, the Vietnam War, the Korean, con, you know, the conflict in Vietnam and the Korean War and all that, if they felt the same way, are those, and I was trying to think for myself, like, are those things, are are the concerns about, gosh, I'm always going to have to work and I'm never going to mm-hmm. be able to retire. Is that a product of an, of age perception? Like I'm so young, right. I can't see that far into the future. Right. You know, Teresa, there's a lot of things going on there. To your point, there is an age perception of, you know, I'm younger, I'm not quite there yet. As we compare the current generation and current times to decades before, our marriage age, average marriage age has increased dramatically, right? Life expectancy has increased, average marriage age um, has increased uh, number of kids, for example, has fallen quite a bit since uh, sort of the post-war <laughs> boom uh, as fertility rates drop. So just kind of what you can expect as an average Gen Zer is quite different than what our baby boomers, you know, what previous generations might have expected at that age. There's that element. And then there's also the very real difference between what is factually, you know, on average likely to happen as well as what is your perception of what is likely to happen. And and sometimes there's a disconnect there in terms of optimism versus reality. And I think coming out of, let's say, World War II, we had a post-war boom with a huge increase in fertility rates, hence the baby boomers. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a huge increase in sort of home ownership, global growth, right? Rising standards of living where many people um, actually had standards of living, you know, quite a bit higher than their parents before them. Uh, we're at a place now where some of that American dream, you know, has been called into question. Is that true for even the majority of people? Um, is that true for all groups? And so I think there's a, a bit of a question there about perception and reality, as well as some of the other factors that you mentioned. It's so fascinating. Well, uh, let's, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back more on Gen Z in the working world, stay with us. We'll be right back. Take a step toward bringing our country and community together. Start a meaningful conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us. Like us. Give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot to us, and it ensures more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking with Quaylen Ellingrud of McKinsey & Company about Gen Z and their place in the working world. 
Quaylen, one of the things, one of the other, I don't know if this is one of your key points or not, and I do want to get to them, but what about that? What I thought was interesting, and we, we've talked about this on the show before, sort of the physical, mental mm-hmm. uh, health issues impacting uh, various workers at very, you know, at different times. Um, and how is that impacting Gen Z? Teresa, it is impacting them much more than other segments um, of the population and certainly of the working population. So Gen Z overall uh, finds it harder to work well because of physical issues, uh, mental health issues, and very practical reasons. Um, So in fact, over a quarter of our Gen Zers between 18 to 24 years old said that mental health was a significant issue and impacting their ability to perform at work, right? On a regular daily basis, mental health was an issue at work. Um, Interestingly, even more than that quarter, a third of our Gen Z respondents said that they believe that their mental health is actually a negative impact for their future job prospects, right? It's going to be harder for me to find a job in the future, hold down a job in the future, have the right career progression because of mental health challenges. And when we dug underneath that and said, well, you know, how do we address this? And I think since COVID, we've seen a huge spike in mental health, both challenges, but also openness about addressing mental health issues and asking for help on that front. And I think one of the biggest challenges for Gen Zers is They want the mental health care and support, but they have a challenge paying for it, right? So access to health insurance, affordable health insurance is a barrier here. Uh, In fact, Jen Zier said that is a top three barrier to my well-being is affordable mental health services. Uh, And that's a much higher rate than we see for for other generations. I find that fascinating because it's, I want to make sure I understand. So it sounds like, and and I've always thought that the younger generations were much more open about their mental Mm -hmm. health issues and wanted that ability to be more open in the workplace Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. what's going on. Is it that that they think is going to impact their, their ability to work going forward? Or is it the actual mental health issue that they think is going to impact their ability to work in the future? You know, I think it's a a combination of both. And you're right. I think there's now higher awareness, right? So there's higher rates of um, sort of um, self-proclaimed mental health challenges and issues uh, because there's greater awareness at the individual level. Um, I think the, you know, a third of Gen Zers saying mental health will affect my future employment prospects is both it's a challenge because it's hard for me to manage day to day and actually do my job well, which is back to the a quarter of respondents that we saw, but also perceptions of me having mental health challenges may also be an impediment or a barrier. So I think it's both of those things coming together. I had such hopes that this aware, you know, being able to speak about it, to have people be more aware would garner more acceptance in the workplace. I still have hope for that. We're very hopeful on the show. I always <laughs> indeed. And you know, Teresa, I'm I'm very hopeful as well. I think um, we're probably still in the early stages of greater awareness, acceptance, and just understanding how to be more supportive, inclusive, right? So much of that depends on your team manager. It doesn't necessarily always depend on, you know, company-wide policies and support, although that helps. And is especially in the case of healthcare that covers mental health support, that's a big factor. But also, how does your manager help support you to create boundaries and better inclusiveness and, you know, better flexibility when you need that help and support? I think those things are things that, 
are increasingly challenging now in COVID, right? We're asking so much more of our managers as we emerge from COVID to manage hybrid teams and um, be aware and inclusive, yet we're not, companies on general are not providing the support to managers to be able to manage in this hybrid, flexible way with a higher rate of you know, mental health challenges and all sorts of other needs. Uh, and I think the more we support those managers and train those managers on how to handle different situations, how to work flexibility in for their team mem- managers or team members, I think we'll get better and, and move more in that direction. But we're still, I would say, in the early days of that maturity. I think so too. And I think that I completely agree. And I think that once millennials get more entrenched in management positions, mm-hmm. um, in those supervisory positions, I think that they are much closer to Gen Z in their thought patterns. And correct me if you if you learn differently, mm-hmm. but their their thought patterns along those lines, the mental health issues and the, and awareness and sharing and being honest about experiencing those those issues themselves will lead them to be those managers and supervisors leaders of people who are more understanding, despite maybe a company culture that isn't quite there yet. And I think, uh, Teresa, to your point, what we're seeing is, you know, millennials and Gen Z, you know, probably have a much more in common than, than let's say, baby boomer generation, mm-hmm. both in desire to support, you know, both for mental health, for other elements, um, but also in what they're looking for out of work. You know, we did uh, a bit of a study and looked at five distinct personas or types of workers and what they are looking for in the workforce. And there was one particular persona that I think is very relevant to our Gen Z conversation and partly our millennial conversation, and that's the idealist persona. They tend to be younger in this Gen Z sort of sweet spot between 18 and 24, and they're much more focused on flexibility in their work, uh, career development, but really meaningful work and finding a community of reliable, supportive people, right? Not just on mental health, as we've talked about, but more broadly supportive of bringing my full and authentic self to work and things that might've been more historically important compensation, right? Other elements are important still, but less important as you compare them to baby boomers and earlier generations. And so understanding across Gen Zers, millennials, how do we appeal better to this idealist kind of worker that cares more about flexibility, cares about, you know, meaningful work in a community that I think will help us crack this really tough, talent market, right? Employers these days, while there are some in the tech industry that are sort of facing layoffs, generally we have seen the lowest unemployment, right, across the board in a very, very long time. And I think employers everywhere are thinking hard about how do I attract and really, you know, retain, but also meaningfully engage employer employees in a different way. And I think cracking this code on the idealist persona and what they care about is really key to that. I love that idea, the idealist persona. I love that. I love that. It speaks of hope. It speaks of, (laughs) you know, real change. And I I just Mm -hmm. love that. We have a few more minutes. I want to touch on something you mentioned as well, another kind of hopeful aspect. And one that I thought was kind of surprising as well is that despite their worries about things, the health issues, the being able to pay for health issues, am I going to be able to retire, hit those traditional milestones. According to the survey, this particular generation is still thinks they have a bright economic future, right? Indeed. Uh, and, and we were just quite struck by that, right? All the challenges that they're facing in terms of less stable employment, financially secure, and I don't know if I'm ever going to hit these economic milestones of homeownership and retirement. And yet, 
really, really, I mean, relatively optimistic, especially compared to older generations that may be more affluent. And that was just a really surprising thing. We actually measure optimism, future optimism about your economic prospects. So, you know, do you think you'll be better off in 12 months, et cetera, uh, and also kind of longer term prospects on a scale of zero to 200. So 100 is about sort of neutral, right? In, In that sort of middle range. And Gen Z was just above that. So quite optimistic in a, in a broader context of not that much optimism. Now, since that initial um, survey about a, a year ago, we've seen all cohorts drop a little bit. And interestingly, that pessimism that we were talking about earlier that we saw in the fall was across right all income categories, all age mm-hmm. categories, including Gen Z. Um, yeah, is that just statistically, there's just some things that are going to impact us as a nation Mm -hmm. on hold, no matter how old you are, right? Exactly. Yeah. Quite consistently across the board. Indeed. Interesting. So Quaylen, are there any other key points about the survey that, that you'd like to share with us? One thing as we emerge from COVID is around hybrid work. And many now are working in a hybrid environment. In fact, we found 58% of workers now can work at least one day a week from home, right? Can work flexibly. On average, they're working three days a week from home. And when offered the option to work flexibly, about 80-90% of workers actually take it. So we're now in an environment post-COVID that is much more flexible and hybrid. And when we look at patterns of who wants to work remotely or hybrid, that tends to be women on average more than men, those with children on average more than those without children, and typically people who are more junior in the organization more than those who are more senior. So in that context, you would expect Gen Zers, millennials, others to want to work more flexibly than those of older generations. Now, the one caveat is for workers who are new to an organization or very new in a role, they typically want to be a bit more in person to learn the company culture, get to know people, train in a different way. So those patterns are true across the board with the exception of sort of new joiners uh, and, and learners. That's really interesting. I can see that how you would, I like that as a, as sort of a compromise that, you know, when you're new, we want, you know, we want you here, we want to be able to, you know, but with the idea that in the future, you could, you know, work remotely. I'm fascinated by how people are working through that. I love those remote numbers. That's really amazing. I think it's, I was so concerned that at the end, that it would, you know, that people would just go back to the things that the way they were, but I love these numbers. Those are really strong numbers. Well, as we sort of start to wrap the show up, can you give me sort of our, you know, just your thoughts about the future or cautionary tale or uh, words of wisdom? I think in terms of Gen Z, I'm hopeful, right? They're dealing with a lot. They're working through a lot in terms of multiple jobs, economic instability, concern about their mental health and being able to afford the health insurance that's going to help them get through challenging times. Yet they are optimistic and they're looking forward to a better economic future and a better financial future. And yet they care more about meaningful work and community and flexibility, things that I think will make workplaces and their individual lives more meaningful over time. And so that gives me hope as I think about the future for Gen Z, even in economically turbulent times. I love it. Uh, hope for the future. I always love that. That's wonderful. Well, Quaylen, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your uh, your insights on the survey and what you found in the survey. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Teresa. Take care. That's our show for today. 
You can learn more about Quailin and the American Opportunity Survey by visiting www.americanopportunitysurvey.com. You can also connect with Quailin via our website at workplaceperspective.com. I want to also thank our listeners, my radio angels, James and the Nave at Night, and Workplace Perspectives team extraordinaire, our engineer and producer, Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy, with music provided by the very talented Stephen Versaloni. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective. And until next time, keep raising the bar. Thank you.